Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. Here's Pastor Ryan. And in this prayer, you know, he's putting God in his rightful place, you know, that he is uh, God of our fathers, right? Calling on the history of Israel with God. Are you not God in heaven? God is on the throne in heaven. Um, Also, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And so acknowledging that it is God who has the power over the kingdoms and over the nations. Beautiful prayer. And when we pray, we should acknowledge our God and who he is and our history with him and his history. You know, I like to pray. If you've heard me say you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because it's written many times in the scriptures where they do that, but it, it speaks of the heritage of the glory of our God and how he took ordinary men and did great things in their life through miracles and signs and wonders. That is who our God is. And when you're facing a big trial, it's good to acknowledge the power of your God, how our God parted the Red Sea, how our God, Jesus, walked on water, how he calmed the storms. And that's who your God is. That is who my God is. And it's good to acknowledge that, especially when you're facing a huge trial. Amen? We have three nations coming against them. And he's saying, you're over the kingdoms. You're over the nations. And that ministers to us right now, right? Uh, you know, the communist Chinese party had a balloon going over the United States, right? So it was Okay, yeah, crazy things are happening. Wars, right? Uh, but what did our Lord say? What did our Lord Jesus, who created all things, right? All things were created through Jesus. And what did he say in Luke 21, verse 9? He said, but when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately, because he's the one who is over the kingdoms and the nations. And Satan has to have permission. He influences the kingdoms, but he can do nothing without our Lord allowing him. Your God is in control, and he doesn't want us to live in fear because the news says, you know, they're going to blow everything up. You know, we'll be with the Lord. (laughs) Good for us. (laughs) So don't, Be hasty in your prayers. Acknowledge who he is, what he's done, what he's capable of, what he's going to do. It's good. Spend time in prayer doing that. And then you'll trust him to help you. And in your hand, is there not power and might? Is that true? Can anyone withstand God? Wow, and he's on your side? Wow, you're strong. You're strong because of he who is behind you. Oh my goodness. You are not, are you not our God? 
who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Right? Did God not save you and I from the pit? Did he not save you and I from the gutter? Were we not lost, but now we're found? Man, he'll take care of us. And they, and you're, you know, verse eight, and they dwell in it, that land, and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sore judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And so, when Solomon built the temple, these were the things that he prayed and said to the Lord that, you know, if, when we come against a disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, when we come into your house, you'll give us help when we cry out here from your house. And this is why with the talk of more uh, scandemics, you come here. And you cry out. We come here when we're afflicted. We don't separate ourselves. We don't stop fellowshipping. We come here because that's the words of his book and his instructions. And that's where we'll receive help. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon. No weapon. Okay. And now, verse 10, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Now, the people of Mount Seir is the Edomites. The Edomites were the descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother. So when Moses and the Israelites left Egypt, God said, you know, don't destroy them. Don't attack them. Just let them be. They're, they're your relatives. But now the Edomites are coming for them with these other guys. And he said, you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's one of the wisest things written in the Bible. <coughs> Jehoshaphat, the king, says we have no power. Like we can do nothing against this army. And the Lord, no doubt, was like, good. Now I can show you what I can do. Because as long as you think you have the power to fix your life without God, God will let you fail until you come to the end of yourself and say, I can do nothing. I have no power against this trial in my life. I, I'm God, I'm done. I surrender. 
And that's when God moves powerfully. So it's a very wise thing that he says, for we have no power against. And that's typically, if you want to know what we pray about, before I come out here to preach, before we serve, you know, we can do nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. God, we can do nothing without you. He knows it. I know it. And a friend one time says, said to me, but God likes, likes it, likes me to say it to him. <laughs> Even though he knows, I know. We know. But yeah, God likes us to say it. I have no power. I can do nothing. I need you. Right? And that's what he's saying here. He says, we don't even, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do against this great multitude that is coming against us. But our eyes are on who? On you, Lord. Our eyes are on you. Everyone in this room will be tested, will be tried concerning where our eyes will be when the trials of life hit. Will they be upon the Lord? Will they be upon the Lord? Verse 13, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. That's so sweet and beautiful. Right, this is a national emergency for the kingdom. Bring the kids. The kids pray in there. We were blessed to see pictures of the kids and how they pray and stuff. It's effective for a family to pray together. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. Don't underestimate family prayer. It is key to a strong family. And if you're in a home with non-believers, you tell them, I'm going to pray for this meal. You tell them, I'm going to pray for this meal. I'm going to pray for our home. Grab them by the hand. Pray with them. Pray. Get the kids together and pray. In my preparation, it led me to, oh yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get serious now. Get the oil out. You know, and we prayed. Do that with your family. Brothers and sisters, right? Grandmas, grandpas, moms, dads. Take your kids, your grandkids into your prayer closet. Let them see you praying. You know, I get busted in, on the balcony with the Lord from Tovaya or whoever. They just see, oh, hey, Dad. And they try, to, they try to jam. Get over here. What's Daddy doing out here? He said, praying. I go, well, let's pray. You, you pray with him. Show him how. See, I look up to the sky, Tov. I look, I pray with my eyes open. I look up. I like looking at nature when I pray. Just teach him your way of praying. Train up a child in the way he should go, Grandma, Grandpa. When he, was, he is old, he, he shall not depart. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. So everyone's a praying. Everyone's a fasting. And the Holy Spirit just can move now. Can move. The people are serious. God gets serious. And the Holy Spirit comes. You know, that's the key to ministry. That's the key to a healthy family. 
is if we're serious about our prayers, right? Which Peter said, be be serious and be watchful of, of your prayers. The end of all things is at hand, he says. Be fervent in your in your in love, but be serious and watchful in your prayers. So I'm not saying something out of the order, out of order. But when we're serious about our prayers and watchful, man, the Holy Spirit can move in that. We are a church who who, who desires that what happens here is not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord, and that's by a, a people that is. Praying. So come to prayer night, because t- we do take attendance. We don't, but I'm a senior pastor, and he, part of the gift is I know things. <laughs> I'm a shepherd, man. You know what I mean? Shepherds, you know, are supposed to know about the sheep. No? All right, anyways. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly, and said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. And that's the truth. If you ask me, what was God's purpose? I would guess God really wanted to see the people praying and fasting. What what did it for God was they sought him through prayer and fasting. And then God moved. According to his will, he moved. No matter how big those armies were, they're done. They are toast. So if you're going through a trial, if you're having problems at home, at work, or whatever, maybe God's saying, you know what? You need to seek, set your eyes on me, pray fast, and chill. And watch me take care of this for you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And that's the mindset God wants us to have. Don't be afraid against the multitudes. Those who are loudest in society. The, the crowds. The talking heads. The politicians. Don't let man fear, uh, scare you. Don't let multitudes or nations. Our Lord is in control. Do not be afraid. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of, Jer- of, of Jer- Jeruel, Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Tomorrow will worry about itself, the Lord said. Don't worry about tomorrow. If God blesses you and I with another day, 
Know that God goes before you to face whatever you're going to face. He's going to go before you. He's already proven it to you a hundred times. Don't worry about tomorrow. God will take care of it. Keep me in prayer. Friday, I'm at Wildwood. Saturday, I'm at uh, Calvary Chapel, El Monte, El Monte. And so pray for me because that's my tomorrow. We want to bless them. We want to do a good job. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. That's beautiful reverence towards God. That's respect. The king just bowed his head and everybody. They're not bowing to the king. They're bowing to the king of kings. Worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites uh, and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with voices loud and high. Think about that. When we come into his courts right, with thanksgiving, we should sing loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. This is a beautiful picture. He's telling them, believe in the Lord. Believe in his word. Man dies. Grass dies. The flower fades. But the word of God lasts forever. The word of God endures. We can, we can trust in his word and in his promises. They are sure. They are good. And that's what he's saying to them. Believe in the Lord. Believe his word and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And then he got the worship team together before the battle and they were praising. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise verse 22, the Lord said ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, the Edomites, to utterly kill and destroy them and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And so it's beautiful. As they worship, the ambushes were set. God's ambushes were set during the worship. Many of people have walked into churches when worship is thick. The Holy Spirit's moving. And God's people are singing. And the lost come in and they just start fidgeting and getting uncomfortable. And why? Because they're being ambushed by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> give in, give in, give in, give in. Tap out, tap out. Surrender. 
Remember how important worship is. Your singing, your praising God is, is key to working in people's hearts to be ambushed, to get, get saved. For the old man and woman to die right there at church. For the new man and woman to rise up with Christ. That's how important worship is. That's why um, I tell the worship team, I will see you at prayer on Sunday, that first Sunday of the month. Because if I go to pray and you're going to lead us in the battle through worship, then you got to come pray with me. That's, that's the way it goes. Because I, I, you know, and, and the, everyone's good on the worship. Everyone's good. There were times when it wasn't good in the ba- at, earlier in the ministry. It's like, you know, and I, it would make me stumble. I couldn't go into the battle of the preaching strong because I knew that some of the guys were half-stepping on the worship team. And so I had to get them on board. The Lord said, you know, it's important, right? If we're going to, you're going to lead us in the cadence into war. You got to be about prayer with us. You got to be at our men's breakfasts. We got to, we got to know each other if we're going to fight side by side. Amen. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were there and there were there dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. That's nation, you know, kingdoms, man. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathered, gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place was called the Valley of Barakah, which means blessing, guys. The Valley of Blessings, until this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat in front of them, to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries. When they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, Whereas God gave him rest all around. So Jehoshaphat was king over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhi, and he walked in the way of his father Asa and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not directed their hearts to the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanani, which is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with 
Ahaziah, Ahaziah, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly, and he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezion, Geber, but Eleazar, the son of Dodava of Merashah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked, so that they were not able to go to Tarshish. And so, the end of his life, again, he he had an affinity with uh, the king of Israel. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.